Super Talk Mississippi media production. So joining me now, we got a new uh, voice here on the podcast, Cokie Riley. He covers the Tigers for the Daily Advertiser and for USA Today Sports, the South Region. Cokie, you know, a year ago, sort of the same situation for LSU. They were one and one coming into this game. At the time, we didn't know that Florida State was a really good team. At the time, we didn't know that LSU was going to go on to win the West. We know Florida State's a good team this year. So at one and one, what's the mood in Baton Rouge after two games? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, it's, I, I'd say there's, um, Man, um, I, I, I honestly think that the mood is probably a little less pessimistic than it was a year ago. Um, I, I think part of that's just because, again, like you mentioned last year, we didn't really know um, how everything was going to work out with the Florida State loss. And we weren't we didn't have a full year of Brian Kelly um, to, to, to observe uh, when it comes to his time at LSU and. Um, I, I think there are definitely concerns with this team. I think people are concerned about the first few drives of the Grambling State game this past week. I think people are concerned about um, uh, some of the run defense that they've shown this season, Harold Perkins' positioning, uh, the, the secondary, a lot of these are defensive issues, as you as you notice. Um, Jaden Daniels, uh, like there, there are all these question marks, but with the Alabama loss, with the Texas A&M loss, with some of these other things that happened in week two, um, it's hard not to look at the schedule and look at this team and still say that, hey, you know, if they can improve in a couple spots and um, just play a little bit better, than obviously than they did against Florida State, this team can certainly still win the West. So um, I'm kind of of that mind at the moment as well. One of the things I talked about a lot this offseason with LSU is, is the lack of star power on offense. This is LSU. They have you know put wide receivers and running backs into the league for, for decades, and this is a team that outside of Malik Neighbors, they don't really have a lot of names that college the casual college football fans are even going to be aware of, let alone diehard college football fans. You know who stood out to you on this offense through the first two weeks? Um, there's. A lot of guys that I think a lot of people around here were excited about. Ari Anderson looked great in the preseason, um, for example. Brian Thomas Jr. is a guy who was uh, a pretty freakish athlete and has shown his athleticism at times. Um, the people have been people have shown some excitement for a guy like Camorian Pimpton, who's a freshman. Uh, he's what six 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 seven with a crazy catch radius. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of athletes, um, but you're right that there's really no star guy outside of Malik neighbors. And um, so far offensively, there really hasn't been anyone who has stepped up and been, uh, I guess that, that top complimentary piece right next to neighbors. I think a lot of that probably just has to do with the fact that uh, they played a really good Florida state team in week one. And I mean, Kyron Lacey had a moment, Brian Thomas had some moments in that game, but it wasn't, I don't think anyone necessarily put their stamp on you know, this is going to be a breakout guy for LSU in that one game. Then there was Grambling, so you can't really judge much off of that. So I think it's too early in the season to say um, whether these guys are actually have actually stood up, stood out and stood up for the season this season outside of neighbors um, for themselves this season outside of neighbors. But like, uh, I, I still think there's time, and they have, and there's enough athletes on this team and enough 
um, just pure talent to to make that a reality pretty soon because this is a really deep unit. Harold Perkins was kind of the story of that week one loss uh, against Florida State with, with you know playing inside and not being used as that elite pass rusher that we all know that that he is. There was some talk from Brian Kelly that okay we're gonna you know make make some 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 adjustments there. Did you see those adjustments in the week two game against Grambling? What should what do you expect to see from Harold Perkins against Mississippi State this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. There were quite a few adjustments, um, and really the adjustment was uh, just not having him play in the box and as much as a as a weak side linebacker. Um, I think he only played in the box in two snaps against Grambling, uh, compared to I want to say thirty seven in week one against Florida State. So uh, that was a pretty radical change, and they just let him play more loose and let him play more on the outside. And um, originally, when they we're going to do this and transition him to more of the inside. Um, it wasn't that they were going to put him in a box and just have him as an inside linebacker. Like the way it was explained to us, at least was that he was going to play all across the line of scrimmage and be playing it. He was just going to play inside more so they could add more diversity to his game. And now it would be harder for offenses to count where he was in the field. They couldn't just um, chip block and, and, and concentrate to, the edges, you know, like they could put him up the middle um, and they could just utilize them in, in a bunch of different ways. And we just simply didn't see that against Florida State. Um, it wasn't just that he was playing in the inside. Granted, that was a problem. It was a lack of creativity that they deployed him with. And um, uh, just that that was just a major problem. And uh, asking him to, you know, to to have all take all on all these assignments as an inside linebacker after he didn't have to do any of that last year. That's just a lot to ask for a guy, even as even a guy who is pretty intelligent and Harold, like he just didn't play, he didn't play a ton of high school football. Like it it just didn't make uh, much sense to have him, you know, be in a role that a guy like Omar Spates should be in. Like Omar Spates is a fifth year player. So um, that was, it just didn't work. And um, I think a lot of that just had to do with the fact that they just, again, they just put him in a box. There wasn't a lot of creativity really. And they just had the ball in that Florida State game, play calling wise and coaching wise. You go back a year ago in this game, and LSU was just really ultra aggressive on defense, more even more so than LSU usually is. I mean, that's what I associate LSU with is aggressive defense, but they blitzed a ton against Will Rogers last year, a lot of it coming up the middle, getting right into Rogers' face. Different offense for Mississippi State this year. You're going to see some tight ends. You're going to see some two-back sets. And you're certainly going to see a much bigger focus on the running game. Can LSU still be that aggressive defensively defensively against this new Mississippi State offense, or do they have to change the game plan a little bit? Um, they might need to change it a little bit. Uh, y- you know, Maybe they can run more run blitzes instead of uh, pass blitzes, obviously, because this Mississippi State team, they're going to run the ball a ton, right? Um uh, I mean, what they ran the ball 38 times yeah. last week against Arizona, and that's that's a pretty that's a pretty wild marker. And I and I watched and and, and I went back and watched that game. Um, and yeah, it's a radically different defense. They're gonna run a lot of stretch those stretch runs outside outside runs, and um, LSU's got to be ready for that. And they just didn't they didn't do a very good job of that last week against Grambling, um, especially in the beginning of that game. And, that, and that's something that's certainly a weakness that uh, they need to shore up and. Um, if, but if LSU can figure that out, I mean, they have the athletes to get to Rogers, even without blitzing, I think too, 
especially with Mason Smith being available in this game, with the way Makai Wingo's looked at the start of this season, uh, Harold Perkins playing more on the edge. Like, there's, there, I, they can get to Rodgers even without blitzing. And even if they do blitz, like, Rodgers just didn't handle it very well last time they played them. And a lot of it was because of Matt House's creativity in that game as defensive coordinator. And um, give him credit for that. And I just think, I mean, obviously, no offense to Mississippi State, but I, LSU just has the better athletes. And that's just a true statement. Day, exactly. It's just a true statement. And at the end of the day, like, that's going to be a problem for Will Rogers, especially he's not a guy who can really create out of structure particularly well in terms of being a, a runner or um, avoiding avoiding sacks and extending plays. Like, he doesn't really do that. So, like, that's a problem, especially against a guy like Hell Perkins who can run down an athlete like Lee Cornsby. So, um, again, Perkins wasn't really a big staple of the defense even the last time they played Mississippi State. So yeah. uh, it's just a ton of things that, you know, that are kind of advantage LSU in this game as long as they can take care of the running game to at least a respectable degree. And that is a concern. Um, but it's going to be hard for Mississippi State to win this game purely on the ground. Every week on the podcast when we do our Friday uh, show, we, we we predict a guy we call the X Factor. Not necessarily the guy you would say is the offensive or defensive player of the game. Just somebody you could see making a big play that might make a huge impact on this game. Who would be an X Factor for LSU on Saturday? Ooh, I think Omar Spates. Um, and, I mean, there's a ton of answers I can give to this. Makai Wingo is another one. Uh, Harold Perkins is another one. He He's always won. Right. Um, but yeah. I think Omar Spates is pretty important in this game, just in terms of run fitting and his responsibilities um, in terms of organizing this defense. And they're, they're going to have to be organized when there's going to be pounded on the ground time and time again. And uh, their depth is going to be tested in this game. And I think LSU, I think I've had to make a second X factor, just um, the way Mason Smith looks and how fresh he is and how much they have to use a guy like Jordan Jefferson or a guy like Jalen Lee to fill in a defensive tackle or Jacoby and Guillory. Like, I think. This would have been more of a concern last year for LSU facing a team that runs the ball this much, um, as we saw in the Texas A&M game, because they just didn't have a lot of depth in that front seven, especially at the front of tackle. They really only played two guys, two and a half guys the entire season, which is crazy. Um, but it's what they had to do, and you saw that happen in the A&M game. But, um, uh, but I just mentioned all that because, like, because they have a lot more depth now, they're they can they're not going to get worn down as easily as the game goes along against this against this rushing attack, and I think that's um, definitely going to help them out. And, and and I think really the next step is, in terms of stopping that run is Omar Spates. And Spates has been kind of underwhelming to start his LSU career; hasn't had a great start. I, he was okay in the Florida State game. I think he led the team in tackles, and then against Grambling, they, they, no one looked good. No one really looked good on defense against Grambling, to be honest with you, um, especially at the start of that game. Um, eventually, they dominated them. But, uh, but Grambling had – they should have had scoring drives in their first three drives in that game for anyone who didn't watch, which I assume most of the people who listened to your show didn't watch that game. Did not. Uh, <laughs> uh, especially since it was right during the Mississippi yes. State game. Yeah. Um, but – yeah, Grambling had should have had scoring drives in their first three drives. They missed a 23-yard field goal in the third drive, um, but they scored a touchdown in the first drive. And they were all long drives, too. I think they were all 60-plus-yard drives, if I'm remembering correctly, So, which is not what you want to see. And, yeah. I mean, they were picking up third and long runs um, uh, on, on running downs, like third and 11, third and 12. Like, they'd run the ball and they'd just get it. 
um, stuff like that you just should never see against the you know, I'm sure HBO, the Tiger HBCU Stadium HBCU crowd kind of couldn't have been more supportive in those opening minutes, though, right? Oh no, it was it was rough. I mean, Denver. <laughs> I mean, Denver Harris just got simply beat on a on a touchdown throw, and LSU has all these questions in the secondary. Which, I mean, they can mask that a little bit better in this game, actually, because Mississippi State just isn't throwing the ball as much as they used to. Um, but but anyway, like. Yeah, like there are concerns with this LSU defense, and especially against the run being being one of them. I and mean, we saw everyone saw it against Florida State um, in that second half. So uh, they have to shore that up if they want to comfortably win this game, or you know, or or win at win at the level that they are expected to win a game like this at. You know, cover yeah. the nine and a half, right? So. Yeah. One more question here, because you know you've obviously you talked about Mississippi State in their running game, and it was very prevalent last week. But I don't think that's the offense Mississippi State wants to run. So if Mississippi State is more balanced, does that help Mississippi State, or does LSU want State to be passing the ball more? Um, that's a solid question because that's what I get paid to do, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a solid question because. I can because I can see the case for either way. Um, the, I mean, the LSU is going to be prepared for the run. And I actually I think they're going to want them to pass the ball. And I know that sounds like a, I know that's kind of a tricky answer because of the way the secondary has looked at the start of the season, this LSU secondary. But at the same time, I mean, that can open up Harold Perkins as a pass rusher more. Um, that means that they were able to shut down the the strength of this Mississippi State team, which is running the ball. Um, at, at least at the moment, it's running the ball it, so far this season. I mean, uh, they were pretty dominant on the ground against Arizona, and I'm kind of curious to see what Mississippi State looks like on the ground uh, this week against an actual SEC defensive line because Arizona had pretty small guys up, up front there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, yeah, like I think that's going. I think LSU is going to want to force them to pass and to pressure Will Rogers. They want they they want to pressure Will Rogers and force him to make. Um, make him uncomfortable. I think that's going to be their game plan. And if that means, you know, that it means if they have to expose their secondary a little bit more, they're going to let them, they're going to let that happen. Uh, But that's still a really tricky question because again, like I don't think any LSU fan wants to see uh, the secondary have to defend too, too much, especially after what we saw in the Florida State game. What an interesting statement from the school known as DBU. Uh, that's 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 tough to it's tough to, to get my head around this LSU team. Yeah. I still think they're very talented, but they, they got to start figuring some things out, and we'll see if that happens this weekend in Starkville. Cokie Riley covers the Tigers for the Daily Advertiser and USA Today Sports. Thanks so much for your time, man. Appreciate it. See you in Starkville this weekend. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. This is great. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.